Hello and welcome to the bus stop. This is the official podcast of the National School Transportation Association. I'm Kurt Mackison, the executive director. I just want to advise everyone to save the date for our virtual AMC that's going to take a place uh, on July 20th through the 22nd. Uh, we're going to have three sessions per day on July 20th and 21st, and then our annual meeting and board of directors meeting on July 22nd. So once again, save the date for the virtual AMC, July 20th through 22nd, 2020. At the bus stop today, we're so pleased to uh, have Tony Civitella. He's the CEO of TransFinder. Uh, welcome to the bus stop, Tony. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. No, our pleasure. Listen, um, a lot of our listeners may have heard about TransFinder, but they'd like to know more about you and the company. You know, what would you tell them? Well, there's a, it's a huge story. Uh, we've been around for 32 years and we've been exclusive in the school bus market. Uh, this is really about me. Is a, uh, this is a, an internship opportunity I had about 32 years ago and uh, an internship opportunity that happened to be a, a real opportunity um, and to buy in the company. There were six of us in 2000, and now we're in really in four locations throughout the world, uh, the offices, and uh, we're servicing almost 2,000 clients. Uh, we're, uh, we're a routing software development company. We obviously focus on just school busing, but we're doing a lot more because today it's just not just about routing. It's also about tracking. It's about analyzing data, and data is a lot. You know, when we're transporting this many students or helping our clients transport this many students, it's about being efficient. But efficiency, I think, is second. The number one thing we've always done from day one is to be as safe as possible. And we've always talked about what does that mean? You know, it's, it's just no local knowledge. Software is great, but it can't do everything for you. We expect people that use our product to have the local knowledge. And, you know, we've, we're going to talk a little about optimization and how it's all those great words, but it's got to be intimate, has to make sense for the, for the users because we're, we're transporting people. And uh, so, but I could go on and on about this. Yeah, no, it sounds like a, a great story. And, and you did mention, you know, you offer route where routing software solutions in a nutshell, Tony, just tell the folks, what is it that you actually provide for them? Well, routing is, uh, so, you know, we analyze, we help our clients analyze their data. So they have students, and, and by the way, things change. It's not every day, it's not everything fixed. So there are students, they're placed on a map, on where they live. And again, where they're placed on a map is a whole nother story. We make a huge deal on exactly where they should be placed exactly on the house or where they should be uh, near for eligibility purposes, of course, but also we want to make sure that which side of the road the kid is, we call it geocoded, which is geographically code the student. So but while we, all these students are on the map, and of course they're babysitters in their grandma's house, on Tuesdays maybe they go to dad's house. All that information is, is extremely important, and, and it makes this complex problem come a little bit less complex. Once all this data is on there, now they start analyzing. Our system helps them plan these efficient routes based on capacity, based on the fleet size, based on the bell schedule. So these routes really are built based on their policy. How far can students walk to a stop? 
is this is this stop located on a street that you really can't have kids walk into it. It has to be nearly door to door and really curbside pickup on the right hand side. And there's a lot of those things there. We have put so many things in our product about really prohibiting. You know, the software is supposed to help you, but it's also supposed to help you not make, you know, um, make some mistakes. And some of the mistakes could be, you know, like when you're typing in Word and you you misspell some things, you know, Word does a good job. It just auto-corrects it for you. When you're sending some text to to your friends, it auto-corrects. Sometimes it does the wrong thing, it, it auto-corrects incorrectly, but that's where the human factor has to be in there. So we have prohibiting student crossing in three categories. We have it at at the street level, which that's an, it's a no-brainer. Certain streets, I don't care what's going on. We are not going to let a student be assigned to a stop that puts that person in a position that had to cross the street in order to get to the stop. At the, so at the street level is the, the most obvious part. When they're building stops, it could say, this stop, I will never, from now on, I will never be able to assign students to this stop if somehow the way the vehicle approaches, right, whether it's on the right-hand side or left-hand side, Obviously, it's on the left-hand side, and the students ever uh, assigned to this stop, and they are forced to cross. We're not going to let that happen. And then the the other one is at the student level. There we know there are certain students that you know they're smaller, they need help, or maybe they're they're disabled. They can't you know they can't walk across the street. They're on a wheelchair. So we want to make sure that so so these kids are immediately tagged meaning you can't cross or prohibited from crossing the streets for, for getting on a bus. So these are all elements. And again, there's so many variables. There are so many variables in routing that uh, that we have to consider. And, that, and when it's variables, it sounds slow and sluggish, right, Kurt? But it has to be fast because the end users have to get a result immediately. Because once you start, once you start realizing the product is sluggish and it's not working for you, guess what? You throw that, you throw that to the side, and you get back your paper and pen solution. You get the big wall map. I've seen so many of our clients just have these huge wall maps, and start drawing on there with a highlighter, push pins. I mean, really, that's how we design the product by people that I set hours and hours with clients and just, and like, and really, I'm the guy that is like, why? What do you do that for? What's that reason? Well, because. I know what happens because down the street, it's really busy. It's a busy intersection. So all that stuff, all this information is in these people's mind. And when you put routing software, sounds great, but you got to somehow capture that local knowledge because I'm looking at these people and I got my arms crossed. I'm like, what are you talking about? Why are you doing it that way? Now, why would you have that boss cross cross the road, go the other way in that neighborhood while wow, the other vehicle is already there. Well, you know why? Because when when that vehicle is done and gets to that school, then we're going to go to the second tier. It's like, wow. So I'm, I'm fascinated. After all these years, I still learn on a daily basis on how, first of all, how our product gets used and then new ways that we need to improve our products to make these guys, these men and women lives much fat, uh, easier, less stress. So that's a little bit of scratching the surface on really what makes our routing software unique. Yeah, and it's it's great to hear your 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 passion for this. And one of the things that you you know you you mentioned obviously is is having the software eliminate 
those dangerous pickup and drop-off points. And we did have the National Transportation Safety Board issue their final report on the fatal accident in Rochester, Indiana, um, in October of 2018. Um, there were some findings with respect to, you know, routing, um, and 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 maybe because you you gave us a great visualization of, of routing with respect to that report, you can tell us how TransFinder can help eliminate so no family has to go through this, you know, kind of tragedy ever again. Well, obviously, that's something that uh, those are things that keep all of us up at night, right? All of these things, you know, that keeps us. I know that's uh, I people ask me, what do you do for a living? And of course, you know, what's my 30 second elevator pitch? I always include, well, I help our clients try to sleep at night because that's what keeps them up at, at night on the dangerous or losing somebody and that kind of stuff. So. What our software does, again, we have all this automation, but it has to make sense. So there's some there's some roads, as we know, that almost impossible not not to have a student cross the road. So we know that. So it's not it's not that every single road has that capability. But is there a place where you could do a turnaround? So we 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 look at this. Is there is there driveways that you can because the problem is that when you're going down a street and if you have to have on a curbside pickup on the right-hand side. Well, in order to pick up a student on the right-hand side, and I, again, our system will tell you exactly, because you could literally could just change the, the variable saying prohibit curbside pickup, and then all of a sudden the vehicle reroutes immediately, and then you see the effect. Well, you realize, man, it's only going to add half a mile to my route to make it safe. It's worth it. But then you start realizing it has to go down a, a rural road all the way down there and turn around because again, because maybe our map doesn't have all those better, bigger driveway and realize, holy cow, it's gonna take two miles to pick up the student, go all the way down there. All of a sudden we're not picking up five students. And I, and I know it, these are all things that are going through their mind. So you know what we look at? Look, well, maybe the algorithm takes you way down to the other intersection to you know go into a cul-de-sac and turn around. Well, maybe there's a driveway. Maybe there's a driveway only half a mile down the road and then where the vehicle could pull into that driveway and then just turn around instead of going on away. And then you can still do the right side pickup. So there's so many variables. You can't just say, they're just make them all not, you know, they're prohibited. You know, they can't cross. You got to analyze what is the outcome? And we actually call that, we have actually two things. We have two features in our product and it's part of the, the impact. One is called operational impact, which means how much more resources will we have? How many more miles we're going to actually add? And honestly, miles, hours, it's the time that we pay the drivers. But then there's another piece. It's called community impact. The community impact is, is measured in multiple ways. The first one measure is that if I'm going to re-optimize my routes, and you've already told mom and dad that, Expect Tony to get picked up at, at your house at between 7.30 and 7.40, right? A plus, 10 min- and a plus or minus 10 minutes. Well, the community impact means if I reroute and let the system just reroute everything in the middle of the year, what's my impact? How many families are going to be impacted within like a 15-minute, 20-minute? How about a half hour? Like all of a sudden, our system could build these beautiful 
of safe, efficient route, but all of a sudden the community gets impacted by a lot. In other words, 50% of, of the parents have to now adjust their schedule more than 15 to 20 minutes. Well, to us, it seems a little bit harsh. If you only gain two miles, is it worth the community impact? So these are the variables that have to always be there. So what, what would our product have done different in this situation? I think you know we would keep talking about the how it impacts, how the, the software impacts uh, the community and how it impacts the decisions. But you know, there's a lot of great products out there and it's all about how you see the data. We have to have these great dashboards, reports. It's gotta be so much things. Uh, alerts. We have these things that when you first sign on to our product, it gives you these, it's called reminders. It's almost like a little alarm that could be set on any criteria. So in other words, we could just say, hey, you have five kids. They got added from your student information system two o'clock this morning, and we don't know where to put them. So you got to do something about these. So we got these alerts, these reminders that are everywhere. And some some of our clients love them. Some realize like, holy cow, it's like everything's an alarm, right? You get like 20, 30 alarms every 10 minutes, then, then everything's a priority. So there's a lot of factors here. But again, the big part is that it's making sure that data is tagged correctly. It's all about data. And, you know, we make a big deal about that. When the data comes from a student information system, there's so much rich data. Well, why not get as much of that as possible into a routing system? And once we have that, now what do you need to do with it? And, and it's got to be customized. And, and we know these men and women, they use these products that are in these transportation office. They're juggling things. And I've been there, Kurt, I got to tell you, I, like I said, I've been there so many years. And I'm over there and I'm talking to maybe the dispatcher, just getting ideas. Meanwhile, the radio is in the background. And of course, at this point, it's just noise, right? It's like just noise to me. Right, right. And it's like, you know, they're like, it's just noise. Like, well, how can you even concentrate? This radio is just it's in the background. People are talking to each other, right? You know, right? You can picture this. Sure. And all of a sudden, I'm talking to somebody and um, and I don't I don't even hear what's going on. I was like, hang on, Tony. Oh, yeah, Bill. Yeah, you need to pick up uh, Bobby from like, like, what? You heard all that? And on top of the only that you hear all that, you were able to respond while you're having a conversation with me. These are amazing people. And they're, they have a lot going on in their day. We all know this. Your listeners know this. They've got a lot going on. So how do you manage everything? How do you manage all this data flying at you? Yeah. Parents calling, drivers yeah. now, you know, the shortage <clears throat> of drivers. This is tough. We try our best to make sure our product gives them as much information at their fingertip. Really, that's what we try our best. We, and we know we need to keep going. We're not yeah. done yet. And you know, yeah. help it's on its way, right? We need to keep doing you making our products better for that. It's interesting, you know, when you when you mention, you know, the data, and it brings me back to my first computer science class many years ago. And the one thing that stuck with me with respect to what the the um, professor said was garbage in, garbage out. Right. And it always stuck with me as really not just with respect to computer programming, but anything, almost anything in life that you, you get out of it, what you put in into it. And the way you describe it in terms of, you know, culling so much data and then analyzing it seems to me to be so very, very important. And really even more important to the extent 
that folks are really busy as you articulated. Oh, yeah. No, and a lot of them, by the way, when we call our clients, if we have an appointment to just have a conversation, how's it going? All of a sudden, you call them up. Like, Listen, I can't talk too long. I got to get a drive today. Like, you got to drive today? Yeah, well, two drivers or I can't find two drivers today. And you know this. So they're all driving. So it just adds even more. And when you're, listen, you know it. They, they're trying their best. When they're on their staff, there's going to be some shortcuts. They're going to be some, some people take some shortcuts. We all do it, right? When we're rushed. And first of all, I can't multitask. I think that's that's nonsense. I can't do two things at the same time well. So that's the problem. So I think, you know, we have we got we got to solve that problem. The driver shortage has to be solved. We know that. But data dead on and I can tell you, I think you're on that. Data is important, but you have to but data, if it's just all that happens in the background, right? In your computer science class, all this data comes in. A lot of things happen in the background, and it's not in a. It's called the user interface. What what we see. Well, data is is complex, but are you at least presenting it to the user that it makes sense? It's got to make sense, and this is where not everyone has a computer science major that could. Oh, I get it, I get it. You know, I get I get that formula. Well, not everyone has that. Not everyone has great in math. You know. Not everyone is awesome at math. I happen to be very good at math, and it was my computer science, software engineer is my degree. But not everyone's like that. And that's what I had to learn is to gotta tone it down, tone down this heavy duty data algorithms. It makes sense. It's gotta use their terms. Once we start talking a whole different language, then no one's listening anymore. And that's that's been our goal for 32 years. How do we make sure that we use the same terms that they use in their office, not reinvent something new just because, well, it's the it's mathematics, it's the algorithms. Like, oh, man, it just seems very complex, and it turns people off. It would. You know, it would turn people off. You know, my mom and I are doing a lot of, a lot of you know, Skype meetings. We're using Zoom, right. and you know, I, brought, yep. I brought an iPad to her. At her house, and uh, she's like, "I can't do this. I can't do this." Right away, she's like, "I can't do this." Like, what do you right. mean? You got to press the. I printed a document. Got to do six steps. I had step one, six steps to turn the thing on, to put the passport in. That's step two right there. Like you got four more to go. What are you talking about? So again, right. I'm trying to simplify it. And then of course she's. I'm calling her up. Like, all right, ready to do it? Yep. All right, get that document. She's trying to. She's she's not worried about the document. She just wants to get to it, right? She just wants to get to it. Like, mom, that's right. step number four. Where's the piece of paper? I don't know. You're not following instructions. You know, <laughs> when someone needs to do it, Kurt, they do it. And here's my mom. Initially, like, I can't do this. I can't do this stuff. Right. It's like, I, you just have pressed a couple buttons, and now I'm doing a Zoom. But now, because she could talk to her, her grandson, she could talk to us. She's doing it. Right. Because it's first of all it became simple and then it became a necessity. And that's our new human nature, right? So yeah. I think yeah. this that's our job as software companies to make not make the not solve easy problems. Cause that's another thing we could do is we could just only worry about the easy problems and only solve those. We have to solve the hard one and make it look easy. 
to the end user. That's my job. And that's my company's job. And that's not always easy on our part. Because right. it, it could literally could take us years to take something to make it look really easy, but it does a lot, you know. Yeah, and and this whole conversation is is fascinating, and unfortunately, we and we can go on for for a long time, and it we sure can. Supplies so so much great information, um, and and also I I you know understand your point about encouragement too, um, but before we run. Um, if folks want to learn more about uh, TransFinder, tell us, Tony, wh- where can they get that information? We have a great website. It's TransFinder.com. There's a, it's tons of information. And we've been really been partnering with a lot of organizations now to help really communicate with everybody. And we, we believe that you can't over-communicate at this moment. So there's a lot of information. We have tons of recorded webinars from uh, from all over from all over the country, so there's a lot of information there. We're also we're asking people what's their story, so you can uh, send us email at uh, mystory@transfer.com. We'd love to hear what what you're doing special. What what are you doing? What is going on with your world that you want to share? Because we love to share that because that's what we found, Kurt. Is that today, you know, everyone you know these leaders are just popping up because they want to make sure that they want to. They want to be heard or they want to share their information. And so love to hear from everyone. It's, again, my story at transfinder.com will be great to have that because that way we could share it with everyone else and we all learn from each other. I think that's that'll be wonderful. Yeah, so important. Once again, uh, Tony, so much great information. Tony Civitella, CEO of Transfinder. Tony, thanks so much for joining us at the bus stop. Thank you very much. Thank you.